Well, this morning we are starting a new sermon series uh, today and over the next uh, couple of weeks. Is my sermon in there? Is it, is it, there we go. There we go. Sometimes the computer gets slow. But this morning, uh, our sermon series is entitled Called. And we're going to be talking about how we are all called by God. And today I want you to understand that you are the plan. You are the plan of God. You, when it comes to the kingdom of God, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but you are the plan. Uh, you have been called. And I and I want us to hopefully begin to grasp this. Some of you understand this, but some of you, this might be new or something you haven't really thought about in the past. So uh, I want to give you an example about understanding how we are the plan of God. This past week, I got an email uh, from an old friend of mine, uh, uh, Ben Trotter. Uh, and he, he wrote me an email, and he sent me uh, a sermon that he wanted me to look at, and then he asked for prayer requests. And that was really cool. Uh, and I first met Ben Trotter at the time. I called him Professor Trotter because he was, uh, I met him as a sophomore at Texas Tech University, and he was my intermediate accounting one professor uh, at Texas Tech University. And, and even, you know, I was an accounting major, but I only had him for one class. But I, I'm still in a relationship with him over 25 years later. That's the amazing part to me. And he was really good at what he did. He was a great professor. Uh, in fact, uh, in the mid-90s, he was voted uh, one of three favorite professors across Texas Tech University, voted on by the students. This was campus-wide. Uh, and he earned his MBA from uh, Harvard uh, Business School. And I still remember the first day of class I had with him. In fact, as I was reminiscing this week, I was, I was thinking to myself, how many first day of classes do I actually still remember? Now, for you who are college students now, hopefully you can still remember some of your first day of classes. But I, this has been 25 plus years ago that I had a first day of class. But I was thinking, how many first day of classes do I still remember? I still remember my first day of class in kindergarten. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Impactful, right? Uh, but other than that and this class, I really don't think I remember any other first day of classes. Now, I remember a lot of what they taught and, and what I've learned and some, uh, some cool classes. But I remember the first lecture he ever gave in Intermediate Accounting 1. I remember we were in a, a small auditorium in the uh, College of Business. Probably sat about uh, 75 or 100 students one of those that kind of went up. And here he is standing down there at the bottom. And I remember what was so impactful about that first lecture is that he gave his testimony. He began to tell us why he did what he did, why he taught accounting. He told us about how Christ had transformed his life and that he lived his life for Christ and the purpose for which he had. Now, he didn't try and 
force his beliefs on us. He wasn't pushing pushing in that regard. In fact, I don't think he ever spoke about that again throughout his whole semester. But he wanted us to understand who he was and why he was called, why he was there. He wanted us to understand the purpose behind his life. He spoke the truth, and then to the best of his ability, he lived that truth. And that's the thing. He didn't just speak it. He lived it. And, and I hate to admit it, I struggled mightily in intermediate accounting one. It was not my favorite class, even though I was an accounting major. Uh, and I spent a lot of time in Professor Trotter's office and a lot of time after class. But he was always available, and he wanted to make sure that his students knew that he was available. And so I, I spent a lot of time, and he, and he was always encouraging. Uh, he, he tried to spur me on, and he reminded me that it was not the end of the world if I got a bad grade in intermediate accounting one. And that was important for me as well. He lived a faithful life, but, but, but I wasn't the only one he helped. He, he helped countless hundreds of students over the years with accounting but also with them understanding what life was about. In fact, one of my favorite quotes, he didn't say it in class, but he said it at another event. He said, God's never impressed with your success at the sacrifice of your soul. That's just an aside. That's bonus. (laughs) Professor Trotter spent most of his adult life teaching accounting. That's what he did. And he did it well. But he also understood that he was part of a calling that was greater than accounting. He was called to something bigger than intermediate accounting one. He understood that he was the plan. You understand that? You have been called by God. And the Apostle Paul reminds us of this in his letter to Timothy. He said this, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace. God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace. Are you ready all together now? God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace. The purpose of this series is to help us understand that we have all been called by God. All of us have been called by God. And I want want us to understand what that calling means. If you've been struggling with what your purpose in life is, this series is for you. If you've been wondering what impact you can have in your life, this is for you. If you have forgotten your calling or never realized you were called, this is for you. God saved us. And called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. We all have a calling. How cool is that? That's the amazing thing about God, is that he has called us all. Now, I didn't understand that growing up. I didn't have any idea about that. I only thought certain people were called by God. If you grew up, you've heard people, even myself, I've talked about my calling into ministry. As a sophomore, actually, at Texas Tech University, I felt called into ministry. And we talk about that with pastors being called. 
And too many of us are confused that we think only certain people are called. Here's the thing. You listening? If you are a baptized Christian, you have been called into ministry. If you are a baptized Christian, you've been called into ministry. The waters of your baptism sealed you with a holy calling by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are the plan of God. God not only has a plan for your life, but you are the plan for the world. You have been called with a holy calling, not according to your works, what you do, but according to God's purpose and grace. So what is that plan? What is that calling? The Apostle Peter reminds us of this calling in 1 Peter 2.9 when he writes this, these words, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is such a profound verse. Think about it. God has chosen us to be the agents of change for the world. In this verse, as, as Peter's writing, he's talking about the church as a whole. But the church as a whole is made up of individuals, of people. And so this calling is about us as a church and individually. This is our identity, God, given in four different uh, images or metaphors. He says this, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. The problem is, when I read it, it doesn't affect you like it should. I can see it in your face. It doesn't amaze you like it should. And this is part of the problem. Because we live 2,000 years after these words were written, these metaphors don't resonate with us quite as much as when they were first written to those first century Jewish followers of Christ. Because this is profound. These are metaphors that leave your mouth gaping open. Oh my goodness. But we don't have that same resonance. So right now I am praying that the Holy Spirit, even now, would begin to warm your heart so that you can understand these metaphors in a deeper way so that you can actually feel the power of these words of God to us. That's what I pray. I hope you would actually feel this this morning. See, let me see if I can help us understand what, what it means to be a chosen race. Because this is transformative for us. If you're wondering about your identity, about your purpose, this is a game changer. This is it right here. So a chosen race. Let me see if I can help you out. Remember back in elementary school? Remember P.E.? Remember, coach would pick two people, and you pick teams. Any of you chosen last? There we go. Some of you all. Now, some of you who are, are sports-minded, this will not resonate with you at all. Because you were chosen first, right? Always. Some were always chosen last. And, and you kind of felt bad for them at times, too, didn't you? Like, oh. And, and sometimes, right, you know, they'd even say, oh. We just got those two left? Oh, yeah, I guess I'll take this one. 
Imagine being last in PE. And then the next day, they're vying to pick you first. You are a chosen race. You're chosen first. You are a royal priesthood. You see, for Jews, the, the priests were from special families, and they were appointed because of their bloodline. Now, for Americans, that doesn't resonate with us, does it, very well? Uh, because we, we don't have bloodlines or, or, or kings or queens or all that. But for a priest, see, they even had to prove they were descended from the right people in order to be a priest. And the priest's job was to serve God and mediate between God and the rest of the people. And, and it was such an incredible privilege. In fact, you, my Bible's over there. When you look in the Old Testament and you're see, reading some of those genealogies, how boring are they? Part of the reason is because are you of the right blood that you can be a priest? Because even some of those who were Levites, they couldn't prove their lineage because they, they lost that. They couldn't serve in the temple because they couldn't prove it. So to be a priest was an incredible privilege because it was so far out of the realm of possibility for everybody else. How many of you this morning can become the king or queen of England? Any of you have any bloodline that you know of? No, it's impossible, right? It's the same as being a priest in the Jewish people. The priests, though, here's what they did. This is what's so powerful about being a priest. Remember, the Jewish people had the temple and the priest could enter into the holy places where no one else could enter. In fact, a priest could enter into the holy of holy and make those sacrifices and offer those sacrifices on behalf of you and I. But only the priest could go into those holy places. The rest of us couldn't. And now God is saying to you, you are royal priesthood. You can enter into the holy of holies. You can enter into the most holy of places where my presence dwells. And that's hard for us to understand, but just imagine, we don't have a comparison in America, but the only thing I could, could think of is just what a status change that is. From being down here to being elevated up here. It, it's like being able to go into the Oval Office in the White House anytime you want to, without a reservation, w without permission, you can just walk up, Secret Service, they nod, you just walk in. You're in. You're lounging on the sofa, Oval Office. That's what it is right there. It's like going from the unemployment office, waiting in line, to being chosen as CEO of Google. It, it, it's like living in poverty and suddenly winning the Powerball lottery. It's like football, or you know, it's like walking onto a Division II football team and being drafted first in the NFL and taking your team to the Super Bowl. It is transformative. It's unbelievable. It is a massive status change. This is what God says we are. This is what God says the church is. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, the church. We are a holy nation. We are God's own people. And because of this, we have been called to proclaim the mighty acts of him 
who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is our calling. This is your calling. This is not just my calling as your pastor. This is your calling as a baptized Christian. See, that's what we need to understand. All of us are ministers of the gospel. All of us have been called to proclaim the mighty acts of God. Some of us do it in a pulpit. Others of us do it in an accounting classroom. You get it? You are the plan of God. Wherever you are, whatever you do, primarily, you are the plan. You have been called. You are God's plan for the proclamation of his kingdom, of letting the world know, of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Do you see that? That is amazing. If you're wondering, oh, I don't have a purpose, no, 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 you have a purpose. If you're wondering, who am I? That's who you are. You've been transformed. Let us pray.